Welcome to the Build Your Coaching Business Podcast. We'll talk about how to start, grow, and enjoy your coaching business. Plus, we'll dig into the failures and lessons we've learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello, hello. Welcome back. This week, did you notice we've been we've been we've been with each other? <laughs> if you haven't been with me, here's what you missed. On Tuesday, I released a podcast with Susie Soloviv, one of my clients who has doubled her business. And then on Wednesday, I released a podcast with Jenna Harrison, who has halved her business. And today, we are going to talk about doubling and halving your business just from a more uh, like conceptual place. So, right, like you have those two examples and you get to listen to them in real time as they've doubled their businesses and halved their businesses and all the things that come up with it. But I wanted to use this episode to really develop your mind and your belief in the possibility of doubling and halving your business. And so this episode is really to establish a way of thinking for your future. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about what it means to double and what it means to half. I'm going to share some examples with you because so often all we do is we focus on the goal. We focus on the number we want. Like, oh my gosh, I want a $100,000 business. I want a half a million dollar business. And you don't think about the things that go with that. For example, I've seen so many coaches try to build $100,000 businesses And when they do it and they get the result that they want, they actually then quit because they think the price is too high. The price of um, how their brain is consumed by their business, the price of their energy, the price of how tired they are, the price of how often they fuel themselves with pressure and stress and right all these emotions that are not sustainable. And so they get to the goal and because they never learned how to half things, they quit. They give up and they think that it's not even possible to continue on. And what I want to be an example for you, what I want to build in your mind today is that the reason I can tell you you can keep doubling your business probably forever is because we do it from the brain. We don't do it from everything you've been doing it, right? You have to change it all to create a different result. And that beauty, that magic happens with doubles and halves. We're also going to talk about the foundational pieces that make doubling and halving possible. Because again, I see it over and over and over. Yes, I am shaking you figuratively. (laughs) And it's these foundational pieces that cause coaches, again, to think that something else is the problem, to fail over and over and over again, and then to use all their energy in the wrong places, instead of focusing it in a very specific way and making very few foundational decisions. And then the third thing we're going to touch on is what gets in the way. And there's a few things, and it very consistently gets in the way. In fact, it still gets in the way with me. So even though it gets in the way, you're not going to listen to this episode and it's magically going to poof, disappear. No, the point of knowing what gets in the way is so that when you're in the pattern and you're watching your own self get in your own way, 
you can stop the minute you catch it and realize it and you can readjust yourself out of your pattern. And so whenever you're looking at what gets in the way of me building my business, of doubling, of halving, of growing, of enjoying it, you're always just identifying what it is so you can stop doing it sooner, (laughs) which is actually the secret to being less miserable in your business. Catch what makes you miserable and do it less often. Not less often in terms of like frequency, but just do it less for less time. And then you're immediately happier in your business. <laughs> okay, that's the end of today's podcast. Goodbye. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so, so let's dig in. What are doubles and halves? So when you think about building a business, right? So often we think about the result we want. We think about the number, the goal. Maybe you think of yours in terms of how many clients you want to have at a single time. Maybe you think of it in terms of a financial milestone that you will pass in your business, right? Very traditional versions of this are like a $100,000 coaching business or having a full client practice, which really varies based on every coach. But what I tend to see is that coaches who have a lower number of what they think is full for them tend to also be putting a lot of pressure and stress into it. So they, they don't even have the mental capacity to have more clients. So for the sake of this, we're going to say the financial number is 100,000 and the client number is, let's just go with 15 one-on-one clients. Again, I'm making that up. I did 20 and it was actually quite a push, but it was worth it. So we're going to still use 15. So what does it mean to double in half? When you think about being the coach who has 15 one-on-one clients at a time, you might think of doubles in terms of like, oh, I would never want to double my client load. If I have 15 clients, I wouldn't want to double that. But notice how you might start to think in different terms. Like when you have two clients, you might think of a double as in I have four. And when you have four, you might think, oh, I have eight. And when you have eight, you might say, ooh, I'm going to finish that off at 15, right? Not a perfect double, but a pretty good double. And then when you get to the number, your brain says, okay, well, what's the next double? Now, that next double might be that I spend six months serving those clients, however long your package length is, and then I do it again, So notice that the double doesn't have to be that you then serve 30 clients at once or you start a group program or that you switch even over into money terms, although you could. But it might just be that you spend six months serving those clients and you switch your focus over to how do I help them get the best result using my process? How do I refine how I think about my clients? How do I refine how I think about myself and the result that I deliver and my my confidence in my ability to help them get the result, either because I'm choosing a person that is more um, apt to get the result with my process or because I'm making and simplifying my process, right? Or because I'm focusing on my skill set and my mind delivering all of it. So when you look at that, right, it's like you see how you could jump to a double and, and make it all about the numbers. But one of the things I really encourage my clients to do is to slow down. And instead of making that double mean, ooh, I jumped to something different or I doubled my income, that's when it starts to get into the halves. If you're going to have 15 one-on-one clients 
and then you're going to serve them for however long your package is, let's just say six months. And then you're going to fill all 15 of those spots again. Notice that it's like the brain could say, oh, that's not a double. But I want you to look at the things where you're like, what did I double? I doubled my certainty in my process. I doubled how I think about my clients and their ability to get the results that they want. I doubled how clearly I communicate. I doubled how often I think about my clients in a very purposeful way, maybe before I create content. I doubled how much um, effort I put into my process and time and thinking right? So it's like every bit of what you double in half starts to shift and change. And so when we think about what's a double, it could be that you go from two to four clients. It could be that you go from four to eight. It could be that you go from making $50,000 in six months to creating $100,000 in six months. But the reason we never want to think just in terms of the numbers is because of all the other stuff that goes with it. Because when you get that $100,000 in six months, there are inevitably things about how you're doing, how you're running your business, how you're thinking in your business, things that you think are true. And so you're like trapping yourself in those boxes, but the boxes make you really uncomfortable and you think that you have to stay in them, (laughs) but you don't, right? And so there are things you will want to take out. And so when we think about haves, It's really just this idea that it's like when we are doubling a business, we don't want to double everything. Some things we want to take out, right? You want to take out the amount of pressure you put on yourself. You want to take out the frequency in which you are writing an email and sending it from the space of, ooh, I really hope somebody reads this and books a consult and I sign a client, right? You want to decrease that and you want to then ask yourself, oh, okay, well, if I'm not going to fuel my actions and my running of my business with that thinking and feeling, what would I? And you might then decide, you know what, I am going to write emails and I'm not, and and even thinking, oh, I really want to help people. Nope. You're probably not going to be thinking that either. Although it's not like you're not thinking that, but there's just something else you're going to be thinking and feeling. It might be something as simple as this is exactly what my people need. I can't wait to deliver this to them. If this helps one person, it's worth it. It might be, you might have to even be encouraging yourself like, oh, I think this really sucks. (laughs) But I I actually want to really put it out there too, right? And it's almost that willingness instead. And so when you are building your business, you are doubling and halving. You are doubling results. You are learning how to create at higher and higher levels. But you're also learning how to take things out that you don't want to increase. And you don't want to increase everything. So let me just here look at this list. I made a list of some of the things for my clients who are in my mastermind. And I asked them, what do you not want to double? Now, why would I ask this question? Because I am brilliant. No, (laughs) I mean, I am. But because when you ask yourself this question, right, when I ask them this question and they answer it, they now have access to information that they didn't have before. They know something about themselves that they want to work on that they might not have realized that they want to work on. And so I want you to make sure you ask yourself that same question or look for it in these of like, oh, what do I not want to double? Some of the things you might not want to double are how often you focus on things not working. 
I think about this like recently my my seven-year-old she's almost seven she's like mom it's so dark she, she'll say this when we're, we're driving it in the vehicle at night um but you know it's it's indiana <laughs> and it's winter and so it gets dark pretty early and she'll say it in her bedroom and what fascinates me about this is that there is so much light there's so much light like when we're in her bedroom and she's telling me it's really dark and her sister is agreeing with her and they're both like oh my gosh we're so scared it's so dark and I'm like what are you talking about the closet light is on the bathroom light is on like the doors are shut but like there's inches open on both of them and there are night lights right so it's like I'm trying to give you this picture like the room is not dark even light from outside is filtering in not just like moonlight but like light from you know this place that's farther away it's it's kind of coming in the windows too but when you as a coach focus on the what's not working in your business when that is the filter you look at your business through it's the same as when my children tell me that it is dark and they're scared and it's like you will always find the problem when you look for it, when you dwell and focus on it, just like my daughter see the dark, even in the presence of so much light, they're just not training their eyes to see it. So it's like you don't want to double how often you think it's not working and genuinely finding proof of it. You probably don't want to double um, <laughs> feeling insecure about your coaching or about your process right you probably don't want to double the amount of time you cycle through fear and doubt you probably don't want to double how confused you feel about things in your business or feeling powerless around goals you probably don't want to double your shame you probably don't want to double anxiety when you get on a consult you probably don't want to double um, the, the, the thoughts you have about money that aren't really that helpful, right? They might be thoughts about people not wanting to pay money, people not having money. They might be um, thoughts or feelings you have when you look at your credit card or when you think about things you want but are choosing not to give yourself because you're, you're fear about money, right? You might not want to double your fear about being fully booked, I think that's always such a fun one where it's like people are afraid of what it's going to take to have a full client load. And yet because they're afraid of it, they shy away from it and they never get really specific and clear with themselves. So as a a coach, of course, I'm always like, let's dig in. Let's see what's here because that's where the relief is, right? You're not going to want to double how much you um, chase after answers from other people. Right? You're not going to want to double how often you decide to put what you want on the back burner so you can try and force yourself to do something else. You're not going to want to. You're not going to want to double the amount of time you judge yourself. You're definitely not going to want to double the amount of time you judge your clients and their ability to get the result. Right? And so it's like you're not, you're not going to want to double your perfectionism, your unwillingness to move forward unless you think it's going to be perfect on the first try. You're not going to want to double... Um, you're definitely not going to want to double how much you're doing, right? I've kind of been talking about like conceptual things that you experience, but genuinely, you're not going to want to double the number of webinars you're doing if you're doing them weekly. You're not going to want to double the number of Facebook posts you're creating or Instagram posts or LinkedIn or wherever you're showing up 
if it's not already creating the result you want, you're not going to want to double that. You're not going to want to double the amount of content you're creating. I've, I've seen people do this where they're like, I'm not creating any results that I want, but you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to double down on my effort on creating content because that's where it's at. It's like, no, stop it. Stop doubling down on what's not working. Instead, focus on what will work. And when you think in your business in terms of doubles and halves and you don't limit it to just the results you're creating, but you expand out to everything and you you look at your business from the perspective that that is more full circle, it gives you access then to change what needs changed and to do more of what is working. When you're thinking about doubling and halving your business, you're going to want to think in a few different categories. Categories like results you want, which could be very tangible things like a number, a number of dollars, a number of clients. It could also be thinking about things that aren't specific numbers like emotions. And those emotions might be like wanting to double the frequency that you feel certain in your business or that you feel powerful or activated or... um, Man, it's just like that sense of enjoyment or ease or calm. But thinking about that, because when you start to decide how you want to feel in your business, it's like just even realizing you can, right? That is what opens the door. As opposed to thinking that however you currently feel is just how you have to keep feeling. And then you never question it. You might want to double, right? So it's like you might want to double very specific results. You might want to double emotions. And that could be the length of time you feel them or the frequency you feel them. You might want to double the amount of time you focus your mind, right? So it's like we might call that belief or thinking on purpose. But I think about it where it's like I've tested this one this year. <laughs> and I I thought that I needed to have other thoughts, right? Not think about my business so much basically was my own judgment. And so I did it. I stopped thinking about my business as much. And it turns out after some uh, empirical data, data <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just making up words. I don't know if empirical data is even a thing. But after doing some testing, I was like, nope, don't like that. Because I just filled my mind with other things. And it's like when I look at the results that I create with based on what my mind is filled with, I just decided I don't like those results. And so it's like that might be you directing, right? And you think about what you want to double. You might just decide to double the amount of time you direct your mind on purpose, right? Or if we think about that in terms of half, you might take out things that consume your mind. When I think about things that consume my mind, it might be things like right now, I've been reading these books for months now. And what happens is I'm not just reading books, right? But my brain is focusing on and in the book. And then when I'm not reading the book, my brain is still focused on the book or wanting to read the book. And it's like, I'm just giving my brain somewhere new to be. I know people do this with TV and TV shows and movies, which is why whenever I watch a series, if I see a movie as a series or like a TV show, I'm like, nope, I'm not willing to commit my brain for eight seasons. I'm not willing to get engrossed because I know once I start, I'm going to be like, please give it to me give it all to me. I want it all. And I'm just deciding ahead of time. That's not what I where I want to point my brain. 
right? You might want to double the amount of time that you lovingly think about possibility and your future from the place of I figure it all out and I create it all. So often I see coaches aren't even giving themselves that permission to take their mind to the future and believe they get everything they want. To believe that it is possible to spend time thinking in terms of what's possible and just letting their brain go there because just the act of thinking it changes it. Today, I actually sat and played that game while I was doing my daily work as I I did my daily work and then I was like, ooh, possibility. I remember that one. (laughs) It's part of the daily work in case you're not sure. And I just, I made an entire page where I jumped around from really far in the future to today and I just played with all these things that were possible. One very simple thing that was possible was that I would follow the plan I chose for myself for the day. (laughs) And I was like, that is possible. But if I never thought that thought, it's actually significantly less likely that I would do the plan for the day because I didn't spend time thinking it was possible to do the plan for the day. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you're going to spend time doubling and halving things like your very specific, tangible, numeric results, things like emotions, things like the time you spend focusing your brain or having no thoughts at all. That's a miracle fun one to have right? So it's like the time you spend focusing your mind, you might double or half the amount of stuff you're doing. This one's actually such a good one because really what I find is coaches are doing too much stuff. They're too busy. They're too busy trying to solve the wrong problems, change things, uh, do more of what's not working, right? It's like they're so busy that they don't do what actually needs done. And so you can actually half the the amount of energy and effort and stuff you're doing and still create the same results. You don't have to do a weekly webinar. You don't have to do it's just so much stuff. It's not that you don't have to, right? It's like, fine, do it, but love doing it. Don't look up and be like, crap, I just did all this stuff and I made $20,000 for the year. No, when I hear somebody, it, it, it blows my mind actually, because I mean, you know, I'm a coach. So I'm always like, when I meet with coaches and we're friends, I'm like, yeah, how much money did you make this year? And they tell me, and then they tell me everything they're doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted just listening to you. (laughs) Like we are not spending our time doing the same things. And it's like, when I think about what you want to double in half, right? Categorically, I'm going to say it again. You're going to, the very specific results, feelings, thoughts, and then what you're actually doing or not doing. Those are all things that are, are, are subjected to your doubling and halving and that are going to create an experience of your business that makes it even possible for you to keep doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling. Because if we think about this in terms of traditional, I was, I was one of the books I was reading was about this lawyer and, you know, the lawyer was like trying to get promoted to partner. And um, one of the things they were kind of talking about was like, they put in like 100 hours a week and how they were pretty sure they were, but then they were like going up against this other person. And I don't know, it came down to this case. It was all very stressful. No, not really. (laughs) But like, as I read this book, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't become a lawyer. That sounds terrible to work 100 hours a week. But when they think about what is it going to take to be successful, they are only thinking in terms of, I have to put in time. The way that I have become more excellent at this is with billable hours. That's how I prove how great I am at it. 
And it's not that it's not true because what that time is really creating is expertise, right? That time is creating their skill set at moving quickly through problems of um, knowing the law in such an expert way that it's like when they're asked, they are able to drill down on it quicker than someone who hasn't spent that time. But in your business, it's like doing twice as much time is not sustainable, right? You can't work 40 hours to make 100,000 and then think that to make a million, you must have to work, oh man, I don't even know what that times would be, right? Like that's not how it works. And so we only exponentially increase our results by realizing that it's like we're not trading time or it's not even always skill set. That was one of my thoughts I had today, which is that my ability to hone my mind actually will trump somebody else's skill set and technique probably any day of the week, right? How do I know? Because the coaches who hire me are the coaches who've been so focused on strategy and technique and, you know, learning all the things and trying all the marketing methods, and yet they don't create the results they want. And that was me, right? I did the same thing. It wasn't until I added in the mindset that all the technique and strategy I had learned could then be like soaked into it and actually work. So, I'm going to say it again because I keep talking. (laughs) Doubles and halves. You're going to double and half things in your business and it's going to be broken down into categories like very specific results. It's going to be, right, like numbers of clients, that kind of stuff. Feelings, thoughts or places you keep or don't keep your mind and the actions you do or don't do. Those are going to be all the things we focus on to double and half. Those are all the things you do to even make sure you're doing more of what's working and less of what's not. So now let's look at foundational pieces that make it all simpler. Um, I've probably said this throughout this episode already, but the way that a coach will make their business harder and less and more likely to take longer to succeed, <laughs> right, is they will change, they will not make simple decisions and then they will change them. So in my program, the first five, there are some, you know, what I teach, how do you sign your first five clients is you decide these pieces of your business, you learn how to not change them and you keep going out and you learn from yourself instead of trying to take in information from other people and change based on their insight, but you only change from insight you have about yourself. So those foundational pieces are things like, what is your package? Like, what's your offer, right? How long is your package? How many months? How many weeks? Whatever. How much does it cost? In a very general way, who do you help? It could be specific, but it also could be vagueish. And what's the result you help them create? What's the result, right? There's something you're selling. If you're selling life coaching, what is the result that they want, right? There's something that they want from life coaching, unless they're a coach. And then they're like, obviously, I just want, no, they actually, even if I'm a life coach and I want life coaching, there's still something I want, right? And so your offer, you want to just be really clear. What is my offer? How do I find people? What, what was, what's my method? There aren't that many methods, right? Yesterday on the interview, I talked to Jenna and she uses SEO through Google. Um, my client, Kristen, she uses Facebook ads. That's She uses Facebook ads. She uses her Facebook business page. If somebody doesn't show up to a consult, she goes and does a video on her Facebook business page and people pretty much book consults, right? Like she's just like, if they're not going to show up, I'm going to go create value here. That's all she does, right? Uh, Susie posts, I interviewed her on Tuesday. She posts on social media. She uses social media to find her clients, right? It doesn't matter what you choose, 
you're just choosing, right? Catherine does in-person networking. Literally all of my clients have different methods that work, they all work, and yet they've just decided this is what I do. And I think I've mentioned this about Catherine, but it's like she does in-person networking, that's where she got the majority of her clients, but she wanted to learn how to use social media. And when it wasn't working, what her brain said to her was, social media doesn't work. And what we coached on to help her was like, no, no, <laughs> there's just some there's just some difference between you engaging with people in real life and what you're doing on social media. And the minute she started to change it, not to say it happened instantaneously, right? Don't don't hear that. But it's like she just kept going back to it like, okay, and she changed it. And then she started to book consults from her social media presence. Then she started to look at her social media presence and say, oh, do I actually even want to be on Instagram? Actually, I think I want to be on LinkedIn. And then she went and did that and she used everything she had learned and and started to book consults from social media even after she'd only done them online or like in person. So you're choosing the foundational pieces of your business, knowing that they all work, and then you are selling yourself on them. Because there is never going to be this like floodgate of permission that says, oh yeah, this will for sure work and here's the amount of time. No, you have to commit. This is what I am doing. And then you have to watch your brain freak out and have all the fears about why it might not work and keep comforting it. Susie actually talked about this in Tuesday's interview where she had like 28 different offers last year to, and she sold them to 48 different people. And part of how she doubled her business was she went down to one offer this year and she sold it to like, I don't know, 20 people. I forget the number. And she made twice as much money and she spent so much less time thinking about her offer, but she still had to put in the effort of believing in that one offer. She still had to put in the effort every time her brain said, ooh, we should definitely change this. This is awful. This isn't going to work. Somebody else wants something different. I want to be more accessible, right? All that stuff still kept coming at her, but her commitment was, I'm going to keep this offer. I'm going to learn how to sell this offer. I am going to develop my brain to only hold and sell this offer, even though my brain is like, ooh, we should definitely do something else. Right? I see the same thing in marketing where it's like when you're, when you're doing something and it doesn't seem like it's working, when you branch out, right? It's like I'm telling you hold the pieces. I was coaching a client the other day and she was like, oh, well, I've been posting on social media very consistently for a year and it's, I've only signed one client. It's not working. But it's like, no, posting on social media works. Therefore, there's something about it you're doing that's just not quite working. But when you speak to yourself in terms of these big, broad statements of like, it's not working, the only solution then is to trash it all and go do something new. But the quickest way to get the results you want is to be like, okay, I'm not going to speak in big, broad terms. I'm going to get really specific. Let's look at why it might not work. Why do I think it couldn't have worked this past week? What might need a little bit of adjustment? If I were looking at my own stuff, why do I think it might not have worked? And when I asked her those questions, she knew the answers. She was like, oh, well, if it wasn't me and it was someone else, right? Because sometimes we have to trick our brain like that. Like, why would, if somebody were doing that just like you and it didn't work, why might it not have worked with them? And her answer was like, well, they might be, they might not be speaking to their person consistently, right? Like they, they might be confused about who they're talking to and then show up and kind of talk to lots of different people. I was like, oh, okay, are you, are you doing that? She was like, oh my gosh, yes. 
she wasn't as excited as I was. <laughs> but I always get excited about that because when we can isolate and hone in on something so simple, it takes away the big broadness of social media doesn't work. And it gives your brain a very specific, tangible thing to work on and see. And that is the relief of moving forward in your business and not needing to change the foundational pieces to get the results you want. Because it's going to be exhausting if you spend a year learning how to do webinars and then your brain in one big generic swoops like, well, webinars don't work. How do I know? I didn't make the money I wanted. And then you scrap webinars and you shift over to public speaking and now you spend a year like gotta be the best at this hone my skill at this and then you're like that didn't right and now you've just spent all this time building things that all work instead of getting really specific with why didn't it create the result i want this week or in this month in like very specific moments rather than just big broad right so it's like These foundations of choosing your pieces and then building your mind to stick to them, even when you know your brain's not going to want to stick to them, that is the work to building a business that doubles and halves and is something you enjoy having versus changing all the pieces. And then the last thing we want to cover today, you know, we, me and you, is what's going to get in the way. And as I mentioned in the beginning, you're not going to hear these things and then suddenly be like, oh, they never happen again. No. You want to be able to identify your patterns. And it's not because you want to stop the pattern from ever happening. It's because you want to catch yourself in the pattern faster. So if you think about this in terms of, um, let's, let's say your chosen marketing method is that you post on social media. And let's say that your pattern is that you believe that it's not working, that posting on social media is not working. And so you stop posting on social media, which essentially means you stopped speaking to your people where they are, right? You stop showing up and talking to your people and, and, and communicating to them how you can help them. And you stop believing in your offer and you stop focusing on like, ooh, this is really good and I know I can help, right? Like you stop focusing all of that and you get in a cycle where you do something else with your brain space and so it's like your only job is to catch yourself in whatever pattern you have and stop it from happening as long as it's used to normally happening and so that might mean you might be in that exact same pattern which is you think your social media stuff's not working you stop posting on social media which means you stop speaking to your people and instead of stopping for two weeks you catch yourself and you only stopped for one week You see how that's immediately a half? Now, it doesn't have to be that beautiful. It doesn't always have to be like in terms of halves, right? But it's just kind of fun to think about. Because why? When you start thinking in those terms, what you tell your brain is, I'm winning. And when your brain thinks you're winning, you immediately will feel successful. You'll feel proud of yourself. But you will have given yourself permission to feel it because you were able to see it happening in real time. So when we think about what gets in the way, it's like what gets in the way, whatever it is I say next, the only reason you care about it is because you're practicing seeing your own pattern and decreasing the amount of time you're in it. That's winning. So here are some things that might get in the way. One of them might be that your expectation of growth is uh, not completely accurate. (laughs) I don't know what happens. Like, how did we ever think that we should win 100% of the time and on the first try? 
I, I don't know where we thought that. <laughs> Somehow we pick it up. I was actually just getting coached on this today. And it was, I was like encountering my own desire for perfection and, and then watching all of my judgment because I wasn't perfect. This, this habit I want to build, I used to do it at 0%. And my brain was like, in 30 days, I should be at 100. And my brain was going to try and judge myself at like 50. And so it's like, I didn't feel like I was winning. I didn't see the success, but it was because my expectation of growth, right? And, and measured in a very specific habit that I'm building, my expectation was that I should be at 100% all the time. I should be perfect. And I will judge myself if I am not. But when you change your expectations of growth, that is when you give yourself permission to go from zero to 50 and be like, what? I'm amazing. (laughs) And it might be in very specific habits, right? Like I'm not broad, like thinking that about this area of my life. I'm like, oh, this one habit. And I didn't track anything because I'm not a big fan of tracking. My brain's like, we should create a habit sheet. And I'm like, no, we definitely should not. We do not want to do that. (laughs) I'm like, fine, we'll just make up numbers in our mind and we'll like measure it with some, you know, here or theirs. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. I'm happy now. (laughs) But it's like you want to redefine what's going to get in the way of you doubling and halving your business. It's going to be what your expectation of growth is. If your expectation is, is that you are going to hit every goal you have and that it's going to be easy and that it should, it should be easy and that your uh, experience of it and your time it takes and your journey is wrong and bad and not much like everybody else's, it's like you've broken and you've given yourself something to not feel successful about, to not feel like you're winning at. And the more you can feel like you're winning, it's like that's the gift you give yourself you're redefining your expectations of growth is a gift you give yourself. Because if you have a habit and you do it 0% of the time and then you do it like 50% more, that's winning. But it's only winning if you let yourself see it and feel the winningness of it. What else is going to get in your way of doubling and halving? Not being committed to the result. Now, I have very few goals that I set. There are very few things that I'm like, yeah, like this is what I'm working towards. Now, it's not to say there aren't things in the future that I want, right? It's like, I know I'm going to build a million dollar business. I'm like, yep, that's in the future, creating that. I'm going to even build a five, $10 million business. That's for sure happening. But I'm not dwelling on them, right? Those are just kind of like, um, if it's something, I'm actually thinking of this in terms, I've been reading these fantasy books, which all have magic in them. And so I think about this as like, I have this idea of what I want and then I have like pushed it out into the future like magic and it's just out there and it's in front of me but I'm not dwelling on it I'm not like actively like obsessing about it or anything but there are very few things in my life that I am a hundred percent committed to and I'm not talking about family or my marriage or any of that right like obviously right that's like I'm committed to my all that I'm talking about in business and so when I have a goal I want to encourage you to just let that goal be really simple. And so right now I'm filling the last spots in my mastermind. And so I'm just like believing in those people existing. That's all. That's literally the only thing I'm taking my brain to. And then my brain naturally figures out all the other pieces that create that focus and that result. If you are focused on creating your full client practice, that might mean that you're just focused on like 15 one-on-one clients. And what I like about this focus is, is it's like, 
it's going to change, right? Like your goal of having 15 one-on-one clients at one time, it's like you can have that today, but you could also have it in January if you wanted. You could have it a month or two from now. And people could have stopped working with you and you're still like, yeah, but the goal is 15 one-on-one. It doesn't, like, I don't even have to tell anybody that two people stopped working with me because I know what my goal is. I know what my focus is. I know what I'm holding belief around. And it doesn't matter how long it takes me to get it. That's the only result I am creating. But what gets in the way are people are like, well, I mean, if I don't create that result, if I don't sign four clients this month, then I guess I should change my goal and I should do something different and I should change all my marketing and I should do more. And, you know, maybe I should, right? Like they change everything. And I'm saying have very few goals that you have, but just be so committed to them that you're like, yeah, no, I'm for sure going to create that. That's it. I'm just, I know I'm not going to stop until I create that. I'm not going to stop until I have a full client process or practice. Yeah, it's supposed to be hard. <laughs> of course, I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before. Of course, I've never done it with this offer and one offer and right, whatever it is. But it's like, what is going to get in the way is you not being 100% committed to just like one thing. And then letting everything else in it be like, oh, yeah. And these are all the ways that I might do that and the things that I but it's like, nope, this is the only thing I'm really thinking about and focusing on. And then the last thing that might get in the way, <clears throat> although there's lots of things, right? You're going to look at your own patterns. But these are just some predominant ones I see, is blaming other people. And blame is a really fun emotion, habit, action, whatever you want to call it. Um, because really what blaming other people does is it takes away all of your own power and influence on creating your results. And so what's going to get in the way of you doubling and halving your business is putting the responsibility and the, um, yeah, putting the responsibility on other people. And this happens in really simple ways. Like if you buy a course on how to be amazing at Instagram and you take the course and you do everything that they say and a month from now you're like, this course was awful. That coach, that person who developed this course was awful. So awful. (laughs) That is you putting all the responsibility on them. Rather than saying, I bought this course on how to master Instagram. Ooh, here's everything I learned. Like, oh, you know, this wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, but I got exactly what I needed. This is what I wanted to learn and I learned it. This was something I was hoping to figure out and I did. Was everything exactly what I thought maybe it should be or whatever? Mm, Maybe not. But this is what I needed and this is what I got. Do you see how different that is? One of them is like you put it outside of yourself. And the other one is where you just take complete ownership of this. I I was clear with my own self what I wanted. I actually see people do this with certification too. Right. When we think about blaming, um, my cert- the school that I got certified with, they talk about like, yeah, you can be a life coach and that can be your occupation and this is what you can you can do it, right? And I think about like I chose not to get certified until I had built a hundred thousand dollar business and the only reason I did that well probably because I have issues but I had just like I never want to do something because I think something is wrong with me or from lack or from um right it's like I either have to like so when I built a hundred thousand dollar business first it was me saying I already got my brain here I'm not buying it because I need it and I think they're going to solve all my problems I'm buying it because I want it and this is just what I want more of and so when I bought that certification and that extra training and that all of that 
I got really clear with myself why I wanted it. And I had like three reasons, I'm trying to think of what they are off the top of my head. One of them was that I wanted the additional training. One of them was that I wanted the lifetime access to that community. And the other one was that I wanted the in-person pieces that come with it, um, right? There's an, like a yearly event. And then I get invited to things that are different with my coach, Brooke Castillo, and I wanted it all. And there was no place in that wanting where I was like, oh, I want them to teach me how to build a business. I want them to give me this or that, right? Like, no, I put nothing. I put no expectation on what I bought other than what I could fulfill myself. That way, I never felt like that there was something that they weren't delivering or that they should have done it better. Nope. Every time my brain goes to blame, maybe not every time, <laughs> but right, I bring it back to I'm like, how did I create this? And the more you can find how you are influencing and you're creating a situation, the more power influence you have over your results in your own life. Another example of this would be if you like I think about I order my groceries through, you know, an app and they deliver them to me. And I think about like, you know, if we just look to Thanksgiving Day, this didn't actually happen. I'm just making this up. But it's like I want you to imagine that you forgot to order something and then you have them order it. And you're like, and then they tell you, they're like, oh my gosh, it's not in stock. And then you like freak out because you're like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe this did happen. (laughs) So it's like, I put these like graham cracker pie crusts and they were like, oh, Myers doesn't have any. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it's like, I see people freak out about things and they get worked up and they get really emotional and angry and they feel like the world is against them. But if you were to stop in that moment and you were to say, wait a minute, Now, this has to be out of the emotional element of you're and you're able to step back and you say, how did I create this situation, right? It's not their fault that they couldn't find graham cracker crust. It's not their fault that I had committed to bringing this pie and now I have to go run to another store, right? None of this is their fault. It's just what happened. But it's like when you can get yourself out of the emotion of that moment and you can pull back and say, how did I create this? Oh, you know what? I created this by waiting until the day before to buy the pie crust, I created this by not doing it two days before even, right? I created this by not having a backup plan in case they didn't have it. I created this by being unwilling to make it from scratch, right? The pie crust, whatever it is, it's that relief of like, how did I create that? And when you can ask yourself that question, you create this freedom of saying, oh, if all I needed to do in the next, like, right, because what it does is it tells you what to do differently in the future. I still might wait until the day before, But I know, oh, I created that for myself. I created all that extra emotion. I created all that extra thinking. But I could take it away next time by just giving myself an extra day. Like I'm in control of that. And then you suddenly, it's not powerful in sense of like, you know, superhero movie and energy is radiating off of them and they can like move things. It's it's power in terms of like, I don't have to be drug around by my own brain. (laughs) And I get to make my life easier right? I, I get to do that. I think about that same thing. Somebody like stole my credit card number or whatever, and they bought like thousands of dollars worth of crypto. And I was thinking about how if I created a situation for myself where I was like, mm, no big deal. I mean, it's a big deal, right? I definitely like reported it to my bank account and all that stuff. But it's like, I just had plenty of money in there where it's like, there was no problem. I didn't, I wasn't frantic about whether the mortgage was going to be able to pull. I wasn't, um, 
you know, like going and finding like, hey, mom, can I borrow some money because all of our money is frozen in our accounts or whatever, right? I was like, I created this situation for myself. I created it by having plenty of cash in a savings account. I created it by um, having plenty of cash in the, the checking account. I created it by, right? I created that emotional safety long before I got to that moment. Now, how did I create somebody being able to steal it? I don't even need to go there. I'm like, meh, I didn't create that. I created my own emotional experience of even when things happen that weren't ideal. So what might get in the way of you doubling your business? I'm going to repeat them all again or halving. It's going to be expecting your growth to look different than it does. Expecting perfection. Expecting this like linear growth that only gets better and better. It's not reality. What else is going to get in the way? Not choosing one simple result you want and then being 100% committed to getting it no matter how long it takes and no matter how often you don't get the result you want. And then the last thing that's going to stop you from getting it, building your business, halving and doubling, is blaming others, which is also, right, the, the other flip side of is not taking the time to see how you created it. Not taking that ownership, not from judgment, but from that sense of like neutral and calm and it's kind of like powerful, but it's like just like that willingness to look at it and say, this is how I created this. This is how I influenced having this. And now that I know, I can make sure I do it differently in the future. So that's how, that's how we double in half. That's, that's it right there. <sighs> Such good stuff. I love it. I mean, I love building a business, but I also love winning. <laughs> I love giving myself permission to feel successful, to feel like I'm winning. And as you are building your coaching business, it will serve you at such a high level to also give yourself permission and to see how you are winning and the things you are doubling and the things you are halving and all of your patterns. And <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I've got for you today. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Hey, who's your business coach? If you don't have one, I'd be honored to help you grow your coaching business. I have a daily practice that'll help you feel powerful, focused, and comforted in the discomfort of growing your business. This mental routine will help you create any goal you're working on. Sign up for this free training at elizabethsalazarcoaching.com just like this podcast, it's free. I'll see you over in your inbox.